This is CliffCentral.com. Good afternoon and welcome to another segment of 360 Biz. It's going to be an interesting one today. We are talking about the business of hair care. So between 2010 and 2015, hair care was amongst the fastest growing categories of products sold in South Africa with sales climbing 38% during that period. The same document that also found the stats um, found that African hair, hair care market accounted for about $450 million in sales in our country, and that's about 6.3 billion rands. The professional hair care market in South Africa, um, the 2010 report found that the ethnic African segment in the single ethnic African segment is the single largest consumer group, and this market has the most potential. Black consumers spend up to six times more than their white counterparts when it comes to hair care. It's a fact. Black hair, black hair care is big business. Black women prefer more variety in their hair care, going from braids to weaves to chemical treatments to other drastic style changes. Their hair, the hair care variety demanded by African hair is more than that required for Caucasian hair. Though it goes without saying that until necessary, until recently, the business market for black hair was not always blooming. Many hair care providers had to face various challenges in growing their businesses. So today we'll be talking about the business of hair care. Join us after this. This is CliffCentral.com. This is Cliff Central 360 Biz. Welcome, welcome. My name is Tseho Kekana. I'm standing in for Tebuhoma 40, but I'm not alone. I am with Bulelani Balabala. Hello, everyone. Who doesn't have a voice today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might sound like I'm a... <clears throat> It might sound like I'm a, it might sound like I'm a bit flat. That's the only way I can actually project my voice properly today. But I'm happy to be here in studio. Um, I watch basketball, so I'm very happy at the Cavs right now. And LeBron is king, but we, we, I'm, I'm so interested in today's show as well. Because I'd love to learn about hair. I think most importantly as a gent, I would love to learn cheap hair tricks. Cheap hair. Cheap hair tricks. You mean affordable. No, no, cheap. Cheap Cheap hair tricks. (laughs) Maybe I do it, but if I do it for her, how do I braid it in a way that looks like a weave? Um, I'm looking at that so that I save uh, a little bit more of my money. And yeah, that's it. Because I, I ain't got hair. I don't think there's any woman that will actually be happy with that statement, to be honest. No, not necessarily. Because I mean, you look at the amount of money that women spend, mm. or women, some women are able to solicit from um, poor guys mm. to buy hair. Um, it's, 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 it's an exorbitant amount of money. Um, I saw the other day, um, um, there's a lady I follow on Instagram, Buipelo. Mm. And she, she, she was, I think she posted a video of hair and she said inches, baby, inches. Yeah. So, yeah. and yeah. I mean, I think it went all the way down to her waist. Yeah. So, I mean, I could only imagine this was 10, 20,000. So we need to find better. And there's grades as well. Really? Yeah. There's inches and then there's grades, there's grade eight, grade nine and, and all of that. But that's weaves though. That's weaves. When it comes to natural hair, that's another. 
that's another story. I think a question I'm burning with as mm. well that I think as we jump into the conversation with Cece, there's a question. I'm not going to ask it now, so it's going to yeah, yeah, yeah. spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, 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 that's that's our topic for today. I am very, very interested in it because I love hair and I love natural hair. I'm not a big fan of weaves, but I'm very interested in the business of hair care, especially in Africa and South Africa. So in the studio to, with us, we have um, we have Cece. I'm not going to introduce you fully, but Cece is the founder of Hair by Cece. Can you please just just greet our listeners and just tell us a bit about what you do? Hi, thank you so much for having me on your show today. Hi to all of the listeners. I am Cece, uh, and I am the owner of Hair by Cece. And Hair by Cece is an exclusive hair uh, extensions company, and we make wigs. We sell hair extensions and we do installations. I started the company about four years ago um, and have been growing strong um, ever since. Generally, we try to target um, businesswomen. So we, we target the needs and, and really help the, the businesswoman with her hair needs. As you've been talking, you know from experience that hair isn't a 10-minute thing. Mm. So we try to get in there and help a, a woman who, a professional woman who's working generally in the corporate world that doesn't have a lot of time to maneuver when it comes with, um, to to her hair. That's why I do braids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you want to switch it up now again. I, I, I believe in versatility of the black woman's hair. Yeah. Sometimes I do braids. Sometimes I wear weaves. Sometimes I have my hair natural. It just depends on what I'm feeling like. It depends what the seasons are doing. Mm. Uh, it really is is one of the things I love to do. So what do you mean about 10 minutes? So hair doesn't take 10 minutes no. regardless. Yeah. So even if your hair is natural, even with braids, mm. um, it's not a 10 minute process. And if it were, then I guess, uh, lots of women would be very happy. But because it's not, we try to go to the businesswomen, to go to the working women, entrepreneurs as well, and speak to them, have consultations with them and help them choose the hair that best suits their lifestyle. Mm. Where most women go wrong is that, um, People come into the Hair by CC uh, Hair Boutique in Bryanston and they say, oh, I really want that hair. So I say, where did you see this hair? How do you know about it? And they say, oh, no, I saw it off a, a girl or a, a celebrity, something like that. Um, and my thing is when you see hair, especially with celebrities or someone just walking past, you never go up to them and say, sorry, what is the maintenance look like with that hair? So that's where people go wrong is if you, are, if you don't have a lot of time, stay away from curly hair. So it's things like that which we try to to we try to educate our consumer first before they make a purchase. That's very interesting. So you focus on weaves, wigs. That's what you focus. Yes, weaves, wigs, and hair extensions. Okay. Yes. And um, our second guest we actually have on the call today. Um, She specializes in in African. Not African, um, natural hair. Um, we've got the owner of Afro Botanics, Ndombentle. Ndombi, are you on the phone with us? Is Ndombi on? Ndombentle? We could safely say that Ndombi yes. is, I don't know, <laughs> tongue in the last part of the hair. I don't know. <laughs> no, man, I think, <clears throat> I think while we wait for Ndombi, um, so entrepreneurship is not an easy thing, mm, yeah. you know. It's not glamorous. Yeah. I mean, I think I was posting today at three a.m. or two yeah. a.m. driving from one of my suppliers. Yeah. And I had to be on site at six a.m. And it's not a glamorous thing, but it also comes with its own challenges. 
what has kept you inspired? And I think we'll, I'd love to also just get into some of the challenges because I think as a man in business, there's, there's a set of challenges, mm-hmm. but I really believe that when you're a woman in business, there's those sets of challenges and then there's being female as well. Yeah. So I, I, I can only speak from experience, but I honestly believe that lots of entrepreneurs feel the same way that I do. It is not an easy road. It really isn't. And, um, I think, what I've learned is that you need to surround yourself with other entrepreneurs because it's a very lonely road. And even when you are doing something that you enjoy, if the money is not coming in yet, if you're, if you're still trying to figure out the business side of your, your, your business, it is very lonely and can get a bit overwhelming. So it's really important to surround yourself with other entrepreneurs. They don't necessarily have to be in the same field that you're in, but when you talk to people, you realize actually what you're going through isn't an individual thing It's not a unique thing to you Other people have gone through it yeah. And when you talk to people You'll get insights from people Sometimes as an entrepreneur Especially when you're starting out You're very uh, Like closed off about your ideas About your business You're very scared to share But sharing is what you need to do I said to people that when I first started I hadn't even sold my first bundle of hair yet, but I was telling so many people what I was doing that if someone else said they were doing it, people would say, oh, the thing that Cece's doing. Mm. So share, get your idea out there. Tell people about it. Don't be scared. Don't hold it to yourself because before I got to the point of sharing, I held my business idea to myself for two years and I was just thinking. I actually wasn't doing anything. I was just thinking. And the more you think about things, the more problems you create that aren't even there. Mm. So start Go out there, figure stuff out, but talk to people. And then, I mean, going into entrepreneurship, was this a decision that um, family supported? Um, you know what? My family, I'm, I'm very lucky. Hey? My family really supports anything that I do. They just kind of hope something will stick. And fortunately for me, this one stuck. So uh, none of my families are really entrepreneurs. Uh, my My family members, like some of my families, I guess... Have ver- like gone into entrepreneurship, but that's not their main source of income or their income, fo- yeah. their focus, right? For me, this was my main thing. I uh, went into here about four years ago. Um, I quit my job and I, I had saved up a little bit of money to buy stock. And uh, I didn't sell any hair for about a year. No one was buying hair for me. Absolutely no one was buying hair for me. But the longer that I stayed out of my profession, and I used to work in uh, digital, yeah, digital. You know, digital is a fast-paced mm. world. You know, there's lots of information. There's innovations. So you need to stay on top of digital. You can't just take a hiatus and be like, ooh, you know. Mm. So I knew that the longer I stay out, the, no- the more I need to make sure that this is where I'm this in. Works, yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, what was, what was the feeling like? I mean, a whole year, mm-hmm. no one is buying. I mean, I think a lot of people would be demotivated. Yeah. Or frustrated So what is keeping you going And I mean Is there a side hustle um, That is keeping the lights oh, on <laughs> oh, I wish there was a side hustle I wish there was a side hustle But Like like I said before It is a very lonely journey But Sometimes people say It's for people Who are driven Who are self You know If, if you're self-driven If that's even a thing uh, Entrepreneurship is a good field for you But that's not necessarily true I I believe that only once I got into entrepreneurship Did I realize things about myself That the average person would probably say I couldn't do So you learn As you're going along You learn And I always say to people Rather start now Than start later 
because the best, I didn't go to business school. I didn't, I did a few mm. online courses here and there, but everything that I've learned, I've learned by doing. And I've made a lot of mistakes, some even very expensive mistakes, but now I know them and I won't do them again. In business school, I, I value business school, but I also know that sometimes in business school and sometimes when you are working for someone, you've got someone else's money to fall back on. Mm. It's not really the same. Not just, you know that this is your money and when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah, that's true. All right, I think we've got Ntombi back. Um, Ntombi, founder of Afro Botanics, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hi, Hi how everybody. are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're good. So I'm in the studio with Sisi, uh, who's the founder of Hair by Sisi, and Bulelani, the co-host. Please say hi to say hi. How Bulelani? Say hi. Hello. <laughs> were you busy doing your hair? I'm sorry. It's just my voice. Hi. Hi. Hey. All right. Um just uh, please just tell us uh, I know that you you focus on 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 um natural hair. So just tell us a bit about Afrobotanics and a bit about your business journey. Um Afrobotanics we manufacture natural hair and body care products. So our main thing is using African botanical ingredients to make um our products. So aside of doing natural products for natural hair, but I now have a range um, which is natural products for relaxed hair, and um, I'll be launching a body care range at Clicks in the next few months as well. I started out um, formally in 2011. I'd been working in government for eight years, and I just felt redundant and bored. Um, so I resigned and put my corner of 40,000 rand pension into starting this business. It's something that was inside by my grandmother. My grandmother was a traditional medicinal healer. She was taught by her grandmother and mother how to mix um, herbs, roots, bark, leaves of all different types of plants to create medicine. Um, but I was later to find out from her that they know how to make cosmetics as well. So one day visiting her, she taught me how she softens her hair um, using aloe vera gel, marula oil, and other herbs. And at the time, I'd been going through a journey when I'd never had natural hair in my life before because it's so coarse, it's so hard to comb, um, difficult to manage. Um, so when she told me about this, I thought, hey, maybe I should try it out at home. So I went back home and I cut my hair because it was a relaxer that looked very sad, it was, you know, thin, it just didn't have life. So I started off my natural hair again, and I started mixing the mixture the way she taught me. It really worked, but the problem was that because it's, an, it's a fresh mixture, it meant that it didn't have much shelf life. So that's where the idea came, that I should start mixing and formulating natural products for natural hair, and I realized that there must be other women who'd love to keep their hair natural. Um, so I went through a process where I looked for a formulator in South Africa to assist me and who was willing to also manufacture in small bulk. Um, after testing it for probably like a year, I entered a business plan competition, which then sent me overseas to meet other natural product um, businesses. And through them, I was able to meet like psychologists, dermatologists who helped me formulate and sharpen my formulation better. Um, I came back and I launched the product um, at the end of 2011.
And yeah, I've been charging since, and by 2015, I was able to get the product listed at Game, and then pick and pay and click stores. So I think I think um, a question I'd also like to re- relay. Um, is is the question around what what got you into entrepreneurship? I mean, I, I think of of all the things you could have done, of all the safety nets that are out there, why entrepreneurship? Um, I think I have I was really driven. I was, I, I, at the time I came of age, it was you know nineteen ninety six, African Renaissance, Sabombegi, you know the African dream, democracy, and I really wanted to make a difference on the continent. Um, when I realized that government wasn't the vehicle, I realized that there are other ways to make a difference, but they require money. Um, so I really served towards entrepreneurship out of the need to have freedom to do the things I want to do. I don't remember myself as a young person really ever thinking I want to go into business, although I did venture into selling things. Like at varsity, I used to go to the school to um, buy jeans and come back and sell them to the students there, that kind of a thing, but I'd never in my mind figured that I wanted to be a business person. Um, but entrepreneurship for me was just a search for freedom and the ability to express myself the way I want to. So Sisi, I mean there's a there's this there's this commonality. Um, it's not a it's not a standard thing, where you find a lot of people that have gone into entrepreneurship um, talking about how they used to sell stuff there and there. Were you also that kind of a, a lady? I mean, you were sitting at your desk and you had Tupperware yeah. for sale or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Was, was it? So, like I mean, generally you find with entrepreneurs, we do things while we're growing up that we don't recognize as entrepreneurship. We just think, ah. Oh, People don't have this. I'm going to supply it. So mm. my gran had a lemon tree. Like I, I think many people in the township, my gran had lemon tree, and she used to sell lemons, avos, uh, mangoes in KZN. And my sister and I used to set up a little stand and sell people that were go sell people fruits that were going uh, to work. And I think this is what this is where I, I learned a little bit about supply and demand. Um, when I went to varsity, so I went to UCT and I graduated from, from UCT in 2011, moved to Johannesburg and I went to go and study documentary filmmaking. And while I was at documentary filmmaking, I realized that the nearest um, spa or the nearest shop was about um, a kilometer away. And as a student back then, I was getting a stipend, myself and my class. Um, so we had a little bit of cash to play with. So I decided to go to Macro and buy bulk. So I'd buy bread, I'd make sandwiches, I had a wacky Wednesday special. And I just, I knew that because our break was really short, people were lazy and myself included were lazy to walk to the store. So I just decided to make something people could buy right there and then. And I think that's where things really started kicking off for me. I mean, it was tough because I had to wake up really early every day to make sandwiches. And now I know what, I mean, I, I know what, Oh mama, that sell Amagwinya near construction sites must be going through because it's really tough. You know, you have to keep up. You ne- you know, you have to deliver once you've delivered a service, you need to keep it up. So I think it, I think it is a, a, a common thing with entrepreneurs. We've started doing something before, but we didn't classify it as entrepreneurship um, back mm. then. Yeah, yeah. So, so Ntombi, you know, um, um, the question that I have is so in different industries there's, there's, there's thinking or rather a mentality that says, well... A pipe is a pipe is a pipe. A car is a car. Is it is it is it, is it like that with hair? 
where hair is just hair. You know how to a guy hair is just hair. Is it the same way how you um you'd have women who would have their perceptions of hair would just be morphed and they just think that hair is just hair. Mm. Have we lost her? Mm. You know what this reminds me of? Mm. Um, the images I've been seeing all over Facebook of uh, Beyonce at the Mad Gala. Yeah. She wasn't there. Oh. <laughs> so someone made <laughs> So I was just about to say, this is the most amazing interview yeah. session. But I think, um, mm. is, it, is it the same way with you? Um, no. Or is there a differentiator? There's absolutely a difference. There's absolutely... So with women... Hair is very important to us. It's really a big part of who we are, our lives, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that to men, sometimes hair is hair is hair. But to women, that's not the case. Hair is, a, is almost a, a form of expression. It, it really is something more than just hair. Yeah. And the, the, the beauty is that as black women, we have the option of changing our hair and our hairstyles as many times, as often, as frequent as we want. So it really is, it is um, an expression of ourselves. And um, in, in, in terms of marketing your business, yeah. um, how do you do that? Because I know, it's, it, is it a small business? Yes. I'm assuming. And I know that a lot of small businesses, you, you, I mean, you don't have the funds to hire an agency yes. or do all of that, the fancy above yeah. the level stuff. How do you do it? Um, for me, I think what, what really works with my business is that I am client-centric. I am really fo- focused on delivering great service to my clients. And because we are small, I'm still able to do that. Sometimes when your company is very big, you lose that 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 element of the business. Um, as I said, when I started, which was in 2013, I spent two years just doing research, just testing hair, just uh, ordering from. I wanted to find high quality hair in South Africa, and I could not find it. Find it. I tried various mm. um, suppliers in in uh, Johannesburg, and I, I never found it. And I was coming from Cape Town, and in Cape Town, we didn't at that time have really great quality hair, but I knew this thing existed. I saw celebrities, I saw girls in the UK, America, Nigeria, all having this hair, mm-hmm. but we just didn't have it in South Africa. So I decided uh, just to look into it. When I moved to Johannesburg, my stylist at the time said to me, oh, you really need to buy this thing, Brazilian air. It's going to last what, what, forever and ever. And you know those those tricks that yeah. stylists do mm-hmm. to make you buy something. And I I was I was uneducated, so I bought this hair, and back then it was three thousand five hundred rand, which is a lot of money back then, and it only lasted a month. So wow. now I used to wear synthetic hair, and I still wear synthetic hair. I used to wear, and by synthetic hair I mean braids. Um, I used to uh, uh, weave my hair previously and wear my hair in braids, and I know exactly what braids are going to do. I can swim, I can wash, I can. So how come when I wore this human hair, and I say that in inverted commas, human hair weave? It tangled within a month. Mm-hmm. So I took it back to her and I said, look here, like, please explain to me what's going on here. She said to me, did you swim? I said, yes. And she said, well, you shouldn't have swum. I can't do anything for you. Bye. And I thought, how can you tell me after something's gone wrong that I yeah. shouldn't have done that? So I started doing some research, really finding out what it is that I had purchased. And I found out that in South Africa, gently at that time, all we had was mixed synthetics. Now, mixed synthetics is when you get human hair, but you also mix it with synthetic fibers and animal fur. Animal fur looks like human hair, but as soon as it gets wet or it gets um, heat on it, so if you use a straightener or something like that, it will it becomes very coarse and very thick. 
So that's what tangles oh. the hair. Yeah. So your hair will look good. If it's not good quality hair, it looks good for the first week. But after that, then it really starts to show you what it is. So I knew that this quality, I knew that high quality existed, but we just didn't have it in South Africa. Mm. So funny story is I was with my cousins, um, and, uh, I, because I was buying hair from even online, I was buying hair from Mozambique, Vietnam, uh, even Johannesburg. And my cousins would say, Oh, that hair is nice, but in one week. So please come back in a week. And sometimes in a week, the hair would look crazy. Other times it will last maybe like two months. So I, I went, I'm traveling. I met a Zambian lady and I told her what I was trying to do. And she said to me, um, Cece, I do the same thing, but I'm in Zambia. We're not really competing. So here is my supplier. Go try them out. If they're not for you, then you can carry on on your mission. So I went to the factory. I saw um, everything that was happening and all my knowledge, like my theory now came together with the practical. So I then decided to buy this hair because I was like, this is amazing. This is what I've been searching for. I bought this hair. I wore it. And my cousins were like, okay, come back in a month. And I came back. So he was still amazing. Okay, three months. Okay, three months. Yeah. I went away, came back six months. Now, six months is a very long time if all you've known is a couple of months. A year and a half later, I came back to my cousins. And they're like, Gonja, where's that hair that you're wearing? I said, this is it. And my cousin's like, when you're done with your hair, please give it to me. Now, I, I don't know if people know out there, but sometimes with girls, you can give your hair to someone else if you don't like it, if you get over it. Um, but this honestly showed my cousins and my family the quality that I was working with. Mm. So as I said, I bought, um, I bought that hair. Uh, I bought ooh, quite a bit of hair and no one would buy a single thing for a whole year. No one bought a single thing. Sure. And I started going door to door and mm. I started marketing. Still no one bought, but eventually one lady bought and she told someone else who told someone else. So for me, word fundamentally, of word of mouth has really mm. helped me. Mm. Yes, I do um, online and things like that. But word of mouth, because hair is something that you need to see, you need to feel, you need to touch, you need to experience. Word of mouth has really helped me. Awesome. So we have, we have Ntombi on, we have Ntombi back on the line. Hi Ntombi. Hey. Hi. So I, I want I had a question for you actually, and Bulelani also had a question for you before we lost you. Um, it's similar to a question I had asked Usisi, but with you, I know, um, you started, you said you started your business with 40k? 40,000. 240,000. 240,000. And, um, um, and obviously for a business like yours, you need to buy products, you need to mix, you need to buy packaging and branding and all of that. But, what I have seen with Afro Botanics is that it has grown to such a big brand right now. I mean, you are selling at clicks. You are doing very well. But I want to know, how did you make it work? Because I remember we had a conversation and you said that um, you basically do the marketing yourself. But you've been on Destiny. You've been profiled. You know, you've been doing all of these things. How how did you manage to make all of that work? Um, I think, like, see, I had a, you know, when I first... I spent all the money I had. I put it into product. Um, but I didn't have an idea. Well, I hadn't thought about how to actually distribute the product or even get it out to people. And it also was a very, very slow start. At the time, there were like probably like three to five natural hair influencers or people who were bloggers um, on Facebook. It was just a very, very small community. And um, essentially, it took a year and a half start making sales that would actually make me a living. Mm. And I think 
I think you might have heard my story at the Cliff Cove event where at some, at some point I had to make a decision. Like I had pressure from family, go back to work, um, and I had to make a decision such as letting go of my home um, and letting go of my car just to make sure that I have as little expenses as possible. And eventually, you know, I had the bloggers, some of the bloggers bought products for me and they started blogging about the brand because it was the first, at the time, it was the only South African brand there was doing products for natural hair. A lot of the products that were available, people had to order them online from the U.S., and that was very expensive. I then um, heard of Kanye Zomo's um, Jesse magazine was going to my hometown of Nelsbridge, where my sister was, mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to be able to be at the workshop that they were hosting, so the business workshop that Kanye used to host back in the day when Jesse was starting out. So I said to my sister, please go to this workshop and give Kanye products and how to try them out and do them in her magazine. I mean, my sister did that, but we didn't think much of it. I think she did, she did, she did that in June um, 2012. And in the October, September, October issue of Destiny, my product was in the magazine. It was in the magazine for probably like the next six months or so. And that started pushing people to my website and I started getting traffic and people ordering online and then they were reviewing, especially reviewing on Facebook and I was sharing those reviews on Facebook and people were buying. And you know, people don't usually like to buy cosmetics if they haven't tried them. Mm. You know, especially here, you want to pick the bottle, look at it, smell it. But somehow people are ordering, I guess, because there was that movement that was growing that you know, natural hair product. Um, and then eventually, um, Game, who I started approaching from 2012, um, in 2015, decided, okay, they'll give me a chance and they'll list the product, but they'll only give me six months. If the product doesn't sell, they'll remove it um, from shelves. Um, so I have to find a way to ensure that my product is known, but by this time I'm broke, I've got no marketing money, um, and all the money I'm, I'm getting, I have to ensure that this product for when they order again. So then that's when I had the idea to um, work with a celebrity. Um, similar to a brand that seems to work in the States. And I first told Susie, I was like, look, she tried my products, you like them? And she said she does. So I was like, I can't give you the kind of endorsement where there's upfront payment or whatever, but you can make an arrangement that I pay you um, as product as well. Um, and that's how I got a relationship going with Pearl. And through her, you know, media you know, status, she was able to push um, awareness of the brand and it's how sort of like grew. Um, but you know, then Click came on board, Click and Pay came on board as the natural hair movement seemed or appeared to them that it's not a fad, a passing fad. And you know, Click now has the biggest offering of natural products for natural hair. Mm. Um, they've got like a selection of over 30 products. And I'm just glad that Apple Botanics was able to be the first mover mm. in that category. Wow. Do, Quite a story, hey? It is. I, I actually like the, the marketing strategy that yeah. she used um, of giving her products, even though she didn't have money. And I think um, most entrepreneurs maybe either don't realize that or are too afraid to do it because you get your money from the products that you sell. But when you, I love the strategy of, you know, may, let me give a Kanye Glomo my products to try out in return for some um, um, advertising on her platforms, which is, to me, which is a bigger ROI. What do you think, Blilin? No, I, I just think um, as an entrepreneur, you need to be able to butter 
in a sense, be able yeah. to trade exchange. Trade. I mean, sometimes there won't be money, you know. Um, it's like what you were saying, being able, it's like what Cece was saying, being able to hang around with other entrepreneurs. And what that's going to um, push off is you're not the only one who's got those challenges. I remember I was in crazy debt. It's not changed because life of an entrepreneur. But, um, and I mentioned the amount and these two gents laughed at me yeah. and they said, I mean, we are in 24 times yeah. that amount. So there's nothing new here because it's entrepreneurship. But I think I like how Tembi was narrating, um, how she was able to, um, negotiate that deal, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes, you, 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 sometimes we get a lot of people that talk about, um, I couldn't start this because I didn't have these funds. And that, that becomes a deterrent or that becomes, um, the thinking that stops you from getting to where you need to go. Hmm. So I think that that's amazing, you know, being able to negotiate. And I really believe that a lot of entrepreneurs need to learn how to negotiate. (laughs) Absolutely. Like I I always say to people, like as an entrepreneur in the beginning, you're going to start everything by yourself, but you need to get to a point where you realize and understand that you need other people to grow your business. Mm. You can't do, you're not, you know what they say about a jack of all trades. So I know that I cannot do everything. Therefore I have to, Partner up with someone who's got other skills. And, and this is from my, my husband who said to me, his father always used to make sure that he employs people that are smarter than he is. Always choose someone that is smarter than what you are. Sometimes we get scared and like, oh no, I mean, I don't want someone to undermine me in my, in my workplace. But if you hire people who are smarter than you and know more than you, it's only going to elevate the level of your business. Hmm. Yeah. So, and and I think what's, what's really great, um, about what Don't Be saying is that as, as an entrepreneur, if you've got a great product, you, you, you are, you trust that your product is great. And when you know your product is great, that's when you can go to people and say, hey, this is my product. Try my hair. I know that it's going to do X, Y, and Z, etc., etc." If you don't know your product so well and you know it's not such a great product, yeah. it's very difficult to go to a celebrity or anyone in that fact and be like, hey, take this and review it for me. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you want to go into entrepreneurship, if there's something that you want to start, make sure that you know it very well. Make sure that you know the product. You can tell people about it. And if you have passion, it's going to help you in the long run. Mm-hmm. No, man, I think she's right. Mm-hmm. And But I think one of, the, one of the things that I would, I would like to ask is, um, do you guys really think that, um, because you guys are in the space, maybe it's not a thought question, but yeah. are you guys getting support? Yeah. And I'd be more direct to than say from the black community. Yeah. For for me, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think we need to be careful about this narrative that says, oh, black women don't support each other. Oh, black people, then you are going to the wrong people. For me, when I found that people weren't buying what I wanted or what I, what I was selling or et cetera, et cetera, I realized that I was going to the wrong people. If those are the people, if they can't buy your product, it's not that they don't, they don't want to support you. If people can't buy your product, mm. they aren't going to support you. I remember one of my friends saying, um, oh, Cece, your hair is really expensive. I really can't afford it, but I'm going to save up. And that's when I introduced the, the payment plan is that when someone wants something, you as a business owner need to find means to give it to them. So I have a payment plan where you can pay monthly 
until you 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 pay off your hair and then you can go. <laughs> yeah, we need payment plans. Yeah, for ab- weaves. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> They're so expensive. Um, and Tom Tom Oh yeah, no. I mean, my brand is all about black women. So, I mean, I think for me the biggest thing was, you know, competition from American brands. Um, I don't think South Africans go out and say, "No, we're not going to buy um, something that is black South African owned." Um, I think that narrative. I don't know who created it. The whole narrative that black people don't support each other or women don't support each other is very false. Um, and Afrobotanics is competing with leading um, international brands and like amongst the top sellers at Kip. Um So black women are definitely supporting. If you're giving them what they want, um, the way they want it, the price points that they like, they will definitely support you. Um, yeah, so I don't agree with the narrative that black people don't support. And, and, and I think just as a follow-up question to that, um, do you really believe, do you really see a lot of, um, young black ladies, um, taking, taking, taking up the, the charge to start up their own brands and mm. to tell the black narrative yeah. through their own stories? Cause I mean, I think growing up, um, I personally, um, was exposed cause I've got, uh, lady cousins and I was exposed to all these different products. Mm-hmm. And there was this, I mean, there's always been this love for your Revlons and mm-hmm. whatever's, but there's a proudly an amazing story. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like how, and Dombi's talking about how her grandmother used to mix herbs, you know, mm-hmm. do you really believe, do you really think that a lot of black women are taking the charge to start up their own? Well, even if it's not in the hair space, yeah. but it's just in the entrepreneurial space. I'm, Sissy. Oh yeah. I mean, okay, like, go. When no, I no, found out, oh. no, sorry, sorry, no, you can ahead, go don't don't, please, please. Sorry about that. Like when I found out, I was the only brand, but right now there's probably more than fifty natural hair hair brands alone. Um, so black women are definitely taking charge, and they trying, you know, different things: clothing, kids' clothing, um, kids' books, kids' toys, um, food products. Black women are really, really trying. Um, I just think that the third part is evidence that most of us are starting without much of a runway in terms of capital um, or funding. Um, but yeah, a lot of women are seeing that you know they have the opportunity and that there is a market for them to go. Sisi, um, I, I agree with what Domi is saying, and further on, I think that to add to that is that when you think there aren't black women sometimes obviously there aren't black pe- uh, women in a certain space but within beauty within fashion black women are very present when you can't find them you need to search harder sometimes we get lazy and as soon as we don't find something we say it's not there but it's just because we're not looking we're not looking to collaborate with other other black women with other startups with other entrepreneurs um and for myself i i know that in the beginning is when i need this most so i needed the support of people i needed and I I wasn't going out there to go and look for these people. Now, when I am uh, where my business is now, I make it a point to go and look for black women. To go and if you are starting something that can collaborate, where we can collaborate, I'll definitely um, collaborate with with someone. And I just think so. I think the biggest thing that is, is inspiring about today's conversation is that it's women doing stuff. Yeah, absolutely. because I think 
um, one of the key things that I always come across is I sit in, sometimes I get the opportunity of sitting in different boardrooms, presenting different things. And if, uh, I mean, if fate would have its way on that particular day, women would be there and are presenting to them. And one of the key things I've always picked up is that they always have the smartest questions and the smartest answers and the smartest solutions. We but always but, have. But, We're the smartest. You know, no, yeah. I mean, well, well, it's debatable after this. But, but my thing then would be what keeps women from peeking out their heads? Because there's nothing stopping a woman from um, creating the biggest this or the number one that. But I think in relation to the the many that have got this amazing ideas mm-hmm. and the many that have got these crazy concepts, but I, I keeping the ideas in the back burner mm-hmm. and pushing other people's mm-hmm. ideas. What keeps a woman from saying, hey, I'm here, see me? I mean, I, I can't really speak for all women, but I know with myself one thing that really held me back was fear. Fear is so powerful because it stops you from doing things. And generally when you think from fear, from a point of fear, sometimes your decisions aren't so not, um, rational. So I know that once I started to let go of the fear, and I, still today I am fearful, but I, I have to check that fear. I have to check and say, listen, do you know what, girl? You're not the first person to the, do this. You're not the last person to do this. So whatever you think is 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 stopping you is a, a great obstacle. There are people out there that are doing far more with far less than what you, you have. Mm. So I think uh, with women, and I, not with all women, but from my point of view, it's sometimes fear. And we have a lot of things going on. No one woman is just like, Ayo, I'm living. That's it. You know you've got a side hustle. You know you've got family. You know you've got yourself. You know there's so much. Girl. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's a lot of different layers, a lot yeah. of different factors. But you know what? As women, we persevere. If one thing I know for sure is that we've got perseverance. And you'd be surprised at at mm. the strength of a woman, hey? That is so true because um, we actually had a, a, a had a meeting with with Farah Fortune, the owner of African Star Communications, yesterday, and mm. she was saying, because um, we, we're working on a campaign that Ubulelan is part of, and we were at a predicament where there is so many men and we don't have enough women, and there is no way we're gonna do. An entrepreneurship-led campaign without uh, women entrepreneurs yeah. within it to be a part of, and um, what we realized was that uh, men are actually more risk takers mm-hmm. than women, which is it can be debatable, but I think it's a fact because it's not that like um, Bulelan is saying it's not that we can't do it and it's not that we don't have the capacity to do it or we 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 don't have the knowledge to do it or or, or the perseverance to do it. We we are just more Cautious, yeah. um, than than men. Yeah. Men they just jump. Yeah, men just jump. But that's that's my two cents. And Tombi, what do you think about that? <laughs> I don't know. I just jump, girl. Like, um, the last thing that keeps me from doing something is yeah. But you know, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, you know, um, nothing pains me more than walking through a mall and realizing the majority of people shopping at the mall are black people. And the majority of stores or brands you're buying from are not black-owned. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this with regards in relation to kids' clothing. So there's a few um, black female-owned kids' brands that I buy clothes for, from for my kids. And I realized, you see, because yes. of where these women are starting, their products are beautiful. I love them. But there'll never be a Nazi that gets bought by... Who bought Nazi? Was it the Fikini Group or the two of them? I can't remember. Nazi, Earth Child, these are brands started by white women mm. in their homes. 
um, which are now owned by uh, a basically listed um, <coughs> retail chain. Yeah. And the thing is, it's about networks. Hmm. We're not in the right places as like as as black women. We don't have the right information. Um, so if I want my brand to grow at a certain way, I have to learn and learn. I think to understand how retail works because there just aren't that many black people in retail, whether it's buyers or retail managers. They just aren't that many, and so we can't share information and grow each other. Um, mm. So a lot of places where black women are, because there's a lot of black men in business doing different things. But a lot of us are in the spaces that it's going to take us 10 years to get to a certain point where it could take a white woman 10 years. Ish. Because they have the network, they have yeah. the information. So I think that's what, for me, that's what it is. Yeah. That is so profound. Uh, definitely. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. I think, I think it's similar to the story, um, from about when, um, two, three years back when Mall of Africa was launched and there was not even one, um, store. Black store. There was not yeah. even one store that was owned by a black individual, yeah. not even a mm-hmm. bookstore, you know? Mm-hmm. And I really think that the thing is, you know, we know it, we know this. This is, these are the conversations that we have over, over on the weekend, buying mm-hmm. in the parking lot. Buying people have the power. Yeah. Mm. You know, buying people have the power. Buying people are what has made Tiger Brands what yeah. it is, has made whoever, Tsohosan, whoever, surprise. what they are, yeah. you know? Yeah. And Black you can people. imagine that force yeah. behind SEC, that force behind Adobe. But you know, you know what I, I, I think? I think that. It's not that we shouldn't talk about these things because, yes, they are our reality. But look at Ndombi. Look at Sisi. All we need is one. We just need one person to do it because what keeps me going is when I grew up, I didn't know any black ladies who had – I personally didn't know any black ladies who had a hair brand. Mm. I didn't know them. So every single time I think I want to quit or I want to stop, I think, you know what, there's a girl sitting at home who's going to come across your – Instagram or Facebook and think actually I can do it. So even though we are up against Goliath, just remember we David, yeah. Mm-hmm. But do, do, you know, mm. just, just sorry, just to add something that I think is crucial that I came across um, a conference I attended a few weeks ago on the independent market. Um, so it's the retail trade outside of the news, the chicken days, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And the research that's coming out is that, for instance, ninety-five percent of the township economy is now owned by Somalians, by Bangladeshi, by Pakistani, um, so the father shops, right? Uh, and that is a lot of money that is now longer circulating amongst the black community. And that is because we don't collaborate. Like, I think that's what's missing. Not that we don't support each other, but we don't collaborate. Like, if we don't yeah. learn how to muscle our buying power, either as entrepreneurs that we buy together, like, there's no reason. I don't get it. I don't understand why today I recall a Mr. Price that is owned by 20 black people who have come together and said, we're going to China to start with like Mr. Price rent and yeah. starting retail change. When you start your store and you manage it in all of Africa, I mean, I'm starting in Nelspruit when I'm starting in Durban, but we're harnessing our buying power. Yeah. Even though we do have collaboration in terms of our stock sales, so we understand it, yeah. but we're just not yet able to leverage it to get things. Yes. Do you so know what I, I think, think? I mean, I agree with you, Dombi, but one one part where I think I disagree is that 
It's the onus of people like you and I and, and other business owners to educate other people. It's not that people don't want to collaborate. It's that I don't understand how me putting money into something and then Dombi or whoever's going to go and buy in China is going to benefit me. I mean, now what I'm scared of is that how Dombi is going to stock the same thing I'm stocking. So we need to break mm. this thing down for people. People don't understand. But you know what the great thing is? Once you know better, hopefully, you'll do better. So we need to, like, I, I honestly believe that we are only going to be able to compete when the, when the person next door to you and the black person next door to you knows how and how to, how to run a business. But if we don't educate each other, we're not going to win. We need to educate each other, break things down. You, you, you run a successful business and you know what it takes to run a business. Other people just have a dream of start selling clothing, but they don't understand where and who they are going to sell to. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Because we're lacking and the education needs to come from those people who have done it before. Sometimes as, as uh, business people and as entrepreneurs, when you've done what you've done, you're tired. You, you don't want to, not that you don't want to share your information, but you get tired. But it is, I, I believe, part of our duty to educate those that are coming so that we can actually see this buying power live out in exactly. front of us. Don't keep the knowledge and the skills to yourself yeah. only, but also empower others and Absolutely. build them up. Absolutely. Because um, I think that sometimes we, we, we are scared of competition yeah. and competition is very healthy. Yeah. You know, so if I teach, if I'm, if I, if I'm selling eggs and I get to a point where I've got a shop that sells eggs, yeah. but then my neighbor also sells eggs on the street corner, you know, I, I believe that I also need to have that empowerment tool yeah. to bring them up to say, look, let's both own shores, yeah. shops, sorry, yeah. let's both own shops. And that's fine because we are giving back to the township economy Absolutely. and that's what drives the township economy. But I believe, you know, I, I, I think we all from the township or rural areas that we don't have that um, collaboration, like Ndombi is saying, we don't have that education, yeah. you know, we want to, because we were raised in a manner, we grew up in, in so to speak, Poverty. Yeah. Um, we we know how it is not to have money. Yes, yeah. Um, when we do have money, we want to keep it to ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And and I think how the Jews and the Pakistanis and all those people do it is, hey, let's let's do it together. together. You know, we're making this money together. I mean, if let's we know be rich together. Yes. In our normal lives, yes. how do we not practice it in business or entrepreneurship? Exactly. I think one one key insight that I learned from my sister, and she's not an entrepreneur, but she always used to say to me, I was very scared of competition when I first started. And she said to me, Cece, if your product is as good as you say it is, if it is that amazing, welcome competition. Because exactly. then you'll beat it by all the time. Mm -hmm. So don't be scared of competition. Even if your product isn't necessarily better than competition, than your competition, it is going to teach you to do something different, mm -hmm. which ultimately leads to better. It, competition isn't something that we should be af afraid of. We need to welcome it so that it keeps us on our toes, that it keeps us going forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, our time is almost up. <laughs> we actually have three minutes to go. I, I give props to you, Ndombi. Um, Afrobotanics is doing extremely well. We see it on billboards, on the highways, um, seeing you on TV. So congratulations and big ups to you. And thank you for, for, for the products for my daughter. Um, her hair is so healthy now <laughs> and it's been a month. So thank you so <laughs> thank much. You. Yes. No, thank um, you for having me. Oh, mm -hmm. thank you. Just, just a quick one. Um, how can people reach you, get hold of you? I am on Instagram at Afrobotanic at Ms. Ndombente. And just quickly, I, I'm mm. actually publishing a book in the next week. Oh, wow. That is 
about the journey of ethical tanning, but also other women, other brands like Porsche M, um, Plastab, all manufacturing businesses that are making a turnover of a million dollars a year. And it came from the idea that we need to spread knowledge, but also because when I was starting out, there was no book to help me mm. understand the sector I was in. So I'm trying to share knowledge. And yes, that's the education. Yes. That book, yeah. So I'm excited that it's coming out soon. Oh, wow. Well, thank yeah. you for joining us um, and, 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 and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so you much. Too. Don't thank be. You. All right. All right. Bye. Sisi, before we wrap up, how can people get hold of you? On Instagram, and it's myhair underscore hair by Sisi. You can also email us on info at hairbycc.co.za or Google us, uh, and we will get back to you. And um, Bulelani? They are your powerful black women. Yes, yes, they, yes. They're yes, always yes. Right definitely going to host them. Definitely yes. going to host you guys at yeah. tea. <laughs> Can I just say, Mr. Get Things Done, before you, you, you're done, mm. um, the fact that you have a payment plan yes. for weaves. Yes. To me, I am sold. Yes. <laughs> because I feel weaves are so expensive. Yeah. So I, I am your client from yes. now on. I will be buying from you awesome. as a supplier. <laughs> Bulelani. Get things done. <laughs> <laughs> and to from me, um, I just want to say, embrace your beauty as an African woman. Embrace your hair. Let's embrace our hair and get quality hair. I mean, CC sells quality hair. Support women like um, Don Bentley from AfroClicks. And thank you for joining us. This is CliffCentral.com.